Restaurant Unstoppable episode 771. We're having coffee with Eric today. Check it out. So like everything felt really good the way that I was doing things like, you know, I don't need much to live off of. Let's just keep reinvesting. But now like separating those things from the business makes it, it, it kind of takes the hobby out of running a business and it makes it very real. And it's like, you know, if I want to if I want to invest my my owner's pay, that's my choice. But it's but it's separated now from the profit on the business. Are you ready for it factors? success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge. Then, join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. This episode is brought to you by Seven Shifts. Seven Shifts is a modern labor management platform designed by restaurateurs for restaurateurs. And Seven Shifts is trusted by over 400,000 restaurant professionals because it gives you the tools you need to streamline labor operations, communicate with your team, and retain your talent. And because you are Restaurant Unstoppable listeners, you get three months absolutely free. Get started at www.7shifts.com slash unstoppable that's the number seven s-h-i-f-t-s dot com slash unstoppable to get three months of industry leading labor management for free streamline your clean faster than ever before with ecolab sink and surface cleaner sanitizer ecolab's two-in-one sink and surface cleaner sanitizer is one product that can both clean and sanitize food contact surfaces in front of house, back of house, and the third sink. Like other EPA-registered food contact surface sanitizers, it helps protect against foodborne illness. To learn more, visit ecolab.com slash unstoppable or talk to your Ecolab representative. Insights, tools, and training to build a better restaurant, better business, and better life. That's what you get with restaurantowner.com. And honestly, as far back as I can remember over the past eight years, I think Restaurant Owner is probably the most recommended resource on the show for independent restaurant owners. And right now, I've struck a special deal with restaurantowner.com. When you join Restaurant Unstoppable Network, you get six months free access to restaurantowner.com. That's a great deal. Not to mention your first 30 days of Restaurant Unstoppable Networker on us. So what are you waiting for? Get on it. What's going on, Unstoppables, and Happy New Year. This is my first recording of 2021, and I couldn't be more excited to leave 2020 in the dust. That's for sure. Uh, so I'm actually recording this from Oklahoma City, and I just got in yesterday, and I couldn't be more excited to be here. Uh, it was actually Mike Abosh who reached out to me, letting me know about the book that he just published, Unsliced, uh, which is a great book. So, sorry, the full title is Unsliced, How to Stay Whole in the Pizzeria Industry. And I'm, I, you know, I've been reading it uh, on the flight over here. I'm about, I'm about halfway through. I have two more days before I'm meeting up with him. But while I'm out here, I'm, I'm also connecting with uh, Brian Bogart, or Bogert, I should say, Chad Grubbs, Rachel Cope, and Elian Nelson. And I have room for about two to three or maybe even four more interviews. So I'm curious if you're listening to this, you know the Oklahoma market really well. Who do you think I should make an example of? I, I really prefer to get my my referrals, not through publications, but through people in the industry who know the people behind the business. Because you know I say it all the time, behind every great business is a great person. And we're really not here to make 
an example of their business as much as we're here to make an example of them. So if you can think of somebody who's crushing it, uh, and just needs to be made an example of uh, not just for their fiscal health, but you know, their reputation of being a good person and the impact they're having on their communities, please put them on my radar. I'd love to connect with them while I'm out here. I'm here until the 13th. So we have plenty of time. Uh, so today this is kind of a special episode. Uh, this is something I don't think I've done yet, but I, I figured it was such a great example. So let me just kind of take a few steps back um, in the network restaurant unstoppable network. I started doing this thing called coffee with Eric. And the idea behind coffee with Eric is just to make myself available for an hour, just to be there for you to listen and to help you connect with the right people or to offer whatever advice I have. Um, that's part of the deal. When you join the network, you get at least two hours access to me and a bunch of other people who are you know going to be joining those conversations. And really what I hope to, to get out of those conversations. One, I just want to mine information. You're, you guys are telling me your pain points and those are my opportunities to reach out to my network and to help solve your problems through the people who I know are most suited to do so. And then two, you know, I just literally love connecting people. It's something I, I love doing. I love bringing people together and I love connecting them. And and I just want you guys to know that you're not alone and you can not only get access to me, but get access to other restaurant owners across the nation. And I just feel like today's um, recording, the one I want to share with you last week was actually last week's coffee with Eric. We, I think it was just like the, a perfect example of how I envisioned this going down. So what happened was, is Sean reached out to me. Um, well, actually I should say Kyle reached out to me, letting him know that Sean reached out to him. So Kyle and Sarah was a recent guest. Uh, hope you guys caught that episode. It was great. And Sean reached out to Kyle because he's about to go into a partnership agreement. And Kyle is a realtor, uh, and expert when it comes to negotiating those deals and communicating with your partners, uh, and all that stuff. So when Sean reached out to Kyle, Kyle reached out to me saying he was concerned about what, Sean was getting into. So I said, okay, that's, that's great. Let's come together during a coffee with Eric and you know, we can talk it, you know, talk through it and and help each other out. And that's exactly what happened. And uh, also what happened before Kyle was able to join us, uh, Brandon, Sean and I were kind of kicking the can around about profit first and Brandon just implemented profit first in his business. Congratulations, Brandon. And he's loving it so far. And I just think now is a really appropriate time. If you guys haven't uh, introduced some type of money management system into your business, now is the perfect time. It's a new year. I stand by profit first. Uh, Brandon's loving it. He sees the value. He's a great guy. And we, I think we have a total of three people now in the profit first course and I'm not bragging. That's not a lot, but we're just getting started. But the idea is, I think, you know, within the network, we can create little micro communities around certain ideas or, or concepts or theories. And we've done that with Profit First. So if you're interested in implementing the Profit First money management system, join the network, uh, you know, purchase the course, be a part of the conversation. And I, I thought today was a really great way to kind of one, create awareness around profit first because it's the new year. Now's the time to implement these things, uh, especially because we're kind of hitting the brakes and you should be working on your business right now. Now's a great time to work on your business. And I think, 
you know, fiscal responsibility has to be at the top of your game. And we have a system for you, a step-by-step system that you can implement into your business. Uh, and you have the support of the community, other people going through exactly what you're going through. And then again, it was just such a great example of a, a coffee with Eric, this idea of bringing people together to share knowledge and to, you know, lift each other up. It was just something I was just so proud of how this went down. I wanted to share it with you guys and I wanted to let you know what you're missing. So come hang out in the network, be a part of the conversation and I can't wait to meet you. All right. So with that said, here it is. Enjoy. So uh, I guess, uh, Sean, I love how you reach out to all my guests, by the way. I think that's the best. Right. So I guess um, Sean reached out to Kyle, letting Kyle know that his episode resonated um, specifically around the landlord agreements and all that stuff. Uh, and Kyle let me know that Sean reached out to him. And then he mentioned something about wanting to help him out. I figured we could uh, meet today and uh, do some coaching. Hopefully keep your fingers crossed. Yeah, I feel like we all know each other's stories pretty well. At least that's great. That's yeah. Helpful. Hey Brandon, how's the, how's the profit first stuff going in the first couple of days? Um, really well, man. I thought I had everything migrated over and I checked my bank account today and like three charges came out of that, that in my old account, the one that I used kind of pissed me off, but you know, it, it take it takes time, dude. Yeah. You, they'll just trickle, you know, and eventually right. you'll get them all, but sometimes you miss a couple. Um, Natalia, I, I got the chance to meet Natalia yesterday. We, uh, did the, I'm, I'm doing a introductory call with all my new members now. So when somebody signs up, they get a 30 minute one one which is kind of just like my like way of learning as much about them as possible. Uh, so I can make sure that they're getting the most out of the network and I kind of like show them around and give them like a, I share the core values and the vision. Uh, she's sharp, dude. Um, she's a, she's been in business since 2001. They're uh, based out of Morristown, North Carolina. Um, and they, they've got a really great pastry sh- operation. So I would reach out to her. I wouldn't be shy. She's a cool, she's in the, she just signed up for the prop first yesterday. Awesome, man. Yeah. I, I, I seen that. Yeah. That I'm sure, I'm sure she'll get it faster than I do. I, I get things very slow and, and then, but once I get it, man, I get it. Yeah. I get that. Um, I, I will say Sean, like going, I don't know if you ever looked at the profit first or seen like the calculator dude. Like when I first inputted those numbers, I'm like, Holy shit, I could actually be making this, you know? And, um, you know, so far so good, dude. Like that's, I mean, I, I think that's kind of the beauty of it, man. Well, I think there's a little bit of benefit if I can, you know, convince the again, primary money guy in our agreement that we'll be talking about to do it, then hopefully we can just link everything sooner than later and not have to like backfill a lot of things. But again, right. selling, selling that person on it, but I think I might be able to do it. I mean, it's been a game changer for it's me. Like, I don't know. John, do you use it? Did, did I not know that about you? Did I know that about you? I mean, well, like in, in terms of like my personal life, I use a version of it, but not in the business because obviously I don't control yeah. Yeah, yeah. the book um, yet. But. Um, I, I, it's been such a game changer in my life. It's just something about just taking money off the top and allocating funds. It just, it's like that, it's that, that small plate mentality of you, you take what you need and, and you cover all of your liabilities. And I don't know, man, I've, I've never been I, in 2000 in like the worst year ever. 
I've I've been able to like to to get rid of a, a bunch of debt and and just using my profit. I'm using my profit account to tackle debt right now, basically. So I'm just putting 10 percent of everything I make, and I'm getting rid of credit card bills. I'm getting rid. Of, I'm paying people back that that you know help support me early on, and it's it's a game changer. And just knowing that I have like twenty thousand dollars sitting aside for taxes this year awesome. is just amazing. You know, it's like, and I think I have more than what I need. Which is, you know, I don't know. It's, I've never. It's so easy. And I, the thing is, when you you feel like you're 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 not going to be able to handle not touching money. But the thing is, when you get it out of sight, out of mind, like you just adapt to what you you're, you have, and it's not hard at all. It's like it makes it life so much easier. I don't know how to explain it. What do you like? I know you haven't had time, Brandon, to like really get into it and the experience and reap the benefits. But what's the experience been like so far? Uh, I mean, I, I, it's, it's just been kind of excitement really what I, you know, to get started and, 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 and the excitement keeps pulling me, um, you know, in, into making sure I follow through with everything. Cause I, I, I think that's right. What's, what's, what's the excitement? Like, cause you said, seeing what you can make, what does that, like, what does that look like? What, like the difference is say from where you're at to where you're potentially going to go. What's that like? What's so exciting? Okay, so I, I I think kind of Eric was kind of probably hitting on this a little bit. Like, so the difference. So I never seg- separated my profit and my owner's pay. Like, like what was left over was what was left over, and that was profit, and that was you know if if I if I reinvest in the business, which I, I love to he- invest really heavily, whether it's in this business or in something else. I, I live pretty frugally at, at our at our you know at my home life. So like everything felt really good the way that I was doing things like, you know, I I don't need much to live off of. Let's just keep reinvesting. But now like separating those things from the business makes it, it kind of takes the hobby out of running a business and it makes it very real. And it's like, you know, if I want to, if I want to invest my, my owner's pay, that's my choice, but it's, but it's separated now from the profit on the business. It just, it's just clear cut lines between cash flow. You know, and, right. and it, it just being able to see that you have a thousand dollars that just magically appeared into this profit account. And you're like, oh, shit, I forgot that I have that money. And then just knowing that you have money assets to invest in tools. And that's that's the rule. Like you only use profit to pay off debt and to invest in assets to co- compound your wealth um, and knowing that you just have that money. And the thing is, the more money you make the more that that 10% it's 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 um it's exponential you know so so knowing uh, knowing that like you're going to always have 10% of what you're making going towards investing in assets when you get to the point where you're making 100,000 200,000 300,000 a year you know that's $30,000 a year you can just put towards something else to make you more money and it's just exciting to know that you're going to have that always Brandon, do you use the uh, the restaurant version of it? Because I know they mentioned that the restaurant was slightly different than like the original version. And then I guess what percentage do you allocate towards uh, profit? Because I know you said your margins are a little bit better than most restaurants. And I'm just curious. Since most uh, restaurants are like already five to twenty. They they used to be better than most. Um, not since. COVID, I let things slide um, somewhat intentionally, and some of it was unintentionally. Um, if that makes sense. And I won't, I won't, you know, digress too much on that, but um, I'll tell you what the, what my allocation percentages are here. So yes, I do use the restaurant version um, just like the course taught. Um, so basically how it's set up, Sean and, and I, Eric can tell you probably better than I can. I know he can cause he's one that did the course. 
years. <laughs> you went through it sooner so, than I did. <laughs> Right. So, so every, every morning I'm, I'm, you know, first thing in the morning, it's one, one of my first routines. I, I allocate these funds into these separate, separate bank accounts. I have, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight checking accounts and two savings accounts. Right. So it sounds like a lot, but it's not that big of a deal once you get into it, but it takes a while, man. So the first thing is my income account. All money that comes in through this restaurant goes into this income account. And then I allocate out my labor and I, I've got my labor, my labor percentage factored a little bit higher than the, the industry standard because I like to, I, I want to pay people more. So it's 35% is what I have allocated towards labor. Um, that's managers, that's hourly, that's everything. Uh, cost of goods. I'm a little bit higher on my allocation right now. I'm trying to get my cost of goods back down to 25% to 28%, but I, but right now I've budgeted for 30% just to start off with. Brandon, can you, keep, can you just list right. all the, the titles of the accounts you have before you get into each one and what you do with them? Oh, sure. Uh, so t- what do you, what, uh, so title income, the accounts, income, uh, labor, um, In, sales, sales tax. Yep. Uh, so, uh, income, labor, cost of goods, sales tax, profit account, um, owner's pay, my federal tax account, and my operating expense account. And then the two savings account are for the um, – it's well, and then the owner's pay, I guess that's the third one. But is my profit account goes into a savings account, and my federal tax account goes into a savings account. Yeah. So did you have any questions on that, Sean, or is that a lot? So the, the two extra accounts that that you're talking about is basically uh, Casey recommends having a labor account and the meals tax account. Those are the two that she recommends that are unique to the restaurant industry. Um, and it sounds like you did you took it a step further and you did uh, ops or not an opsex but a a prime cost. Was that in the course? No, um, no, I, I didn't. I didn't do a prime cost. Wait, what was it? You said labor and. Late cost cost of goods. Oh, cost of goods. Was that? Yeah, it's been it's food. Yeah, yeah. But was that in the course? Uh, was it? okay. Uh-huh. Sorry, it's been it's been a year since I got through it. I, I think she worded them slightly differently. Um, if I if I remember correctly, but so so anyway, Sean. So what they do with restaurants is basically you go from your income and you go down and you take out for your prime cost. So your labor, your cost of goods. And, and obviously you take that sales tax off the top to get that out of there. So, so you're not looking at that because a lot of restaurants get their, get their sales in trouble with sales tax, or at least in my area, I've seen that. They think that it's their money, you know? And um, so then you get down into what's known as what, what they call the real revenue. Um, and then after you have that real revenue, which is the prime cost taken out of everything in the sales tax, that's when you allocate your funds. So from the real revenue, I have 10% that I allocate to the profit account um, I use their numbers, which seemed really high, but once I started doing math on it, it, it actually, you know, it, it'll actually work out, I think. So, so from the real revenue, my owner's pay is 35%. Um, and then I allocate 15% of the real revenue to the federal tax account, and I allocate 40% to the operating expenses here at the restaurant. And then I'm, I'm assuming, I guess, you are, obviously you are probably the primary owner, so you have 100%, but if it was, there's multiple owners, they would just take the percentage of whatever their it is um, and put that towards the owner's uh, pay account. And that would be separate from the profit account and IE like uh, some type of quote unquote buffer fund to reinvest in the restaurant or take care of things that break and et cetera. So you actually separate those out, correct? 
I, that, I'm not really sure. I mean, at the top of my head, what I would think is you'd probably separate that from the profit account and the owner's pay, depending on, you know, I, I would probably think that you keep the, the store profit account the same and then the owner's pay, you probably allocate out from there until the end of the year. Now, if you have additional profits left over at the end of the year, then you would then you would probably allocate that or into the quarter. However, however, the operating agreement would stand. What was the, the, the issue that you guys are hung up on? Oh, I was just curious, like, is how the owner's pay differs from the profit. So like, profit, profit so owner's pay is just, the owner's pay. So think of it this way. Profit is something that you should be doing to build your wealth. And it's, it's like you, you, the whole point of having a business is the profit from it. Owner's pay is what you need to get by. So for example, um, I, I need after like all to cover all my expenses. Um, I, I say I need about $4,500 a month. Um, so I put, I pay myself $4,500 a month. That's not profit. That's, that's what I pay to cover my liability. So Eric Cacciatore can have his own place to live and feed himself free. and cover all my life. You do free tax or is it no, you so, do free tax or do you do make sure it's enough that it's post tax or taxes are all taken away. Correct. So what I do, and I, this might not be standard, but what I do is I take out profit and keep in mind, I'm not a restaurant. I take out profit first and then I take out, um, so it's, I always take out profit first and then I take out taxes first. And then when I start doing whatever's left over goes into owner's pay. And then I once owner's pay hits 4500 then whatever starts to spill over goes into operational expenses. So I'm making sure that I'm taking my profit first, then I'm making sure I'm paying myself first, then I make sure whatever's left over is determining my growth. That's basically my operational expenses, travel and paying Jared and whatever else I need. It's a lot more simple because I'm just a podcast. I don't have a bunch of operational expenses. Um, but I, I always take out the tax first because that's, because that's, that's not my money. Right. Uh, and then whatever's, then I don't think I might, I might not do this right. But what I do is I put, say, say the, the total, say I got paid a thousand dollars, right? I'll take $300 and I'll put that into uh, taxes. Then I'll take a um, uh, hundred dollars and I'll put that into profit. And then I'll take, um, whatever's left over and I'll, I'll hit 4,500. And if there's anything that that's left over after that, it goes into operational expenses. And then I try to pay myself a month in advance. So I, I paid myself for January in the beginning of December. So I always have a little bit of a cushion. So like if something happens, I have a little bit of a runway where I'm not like scrambling. Um, does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. Cool. I guess if I was, uh, like when I go into this new restaurant, I'll be getting paid quote unquote as like the GM, but also have like twenty to thirty percent ownership depending on when it is. Um, so you would so you would be an operational that, expense or your labor expense. You'd be yeah. you would include yourself underneath the labor expense, and then you would take a profit from that. I guess you would take you would take whatever you guys work out. Um, you'd take five percent of whatever the profit is, or ten percent of whatever the profit is. Yeah. Um, right. And they, and I think our agreement, our want of a slush fund before we start distributing any profit, um, which I guess makes sense to me, but I'm not sure if that sounds you crazy say? to you or if it actually goes against the before, profit first. Uh, before we unpackage this further, I want to make like, sure. Basically to have enough, like, oh, I just said, like, basically they say, like, to have enough cash in the bank to be able to operate for three months, six yeah. months, whatever amount of bucks that you. 
plan and basically the plan's like another COVID or some other business yeah. interruption. And that's what I'm trying to, I'm paying myself out a month right now, but I'm trying to get it to three months. Um, so it will take a really great sponsorship deal to get that happen. But uh, one of the biggest lessons I've learned hosting Restaurant Unstoppable is that it's impossible to be everything to everybody. You're better off being really good at what you already do well and partnering with those who compliment you. And I'll tell you right now, I am not the best resource out there for all things, PDFs, templates, checklists, you name it. But I do know who the best is, and that is restaurantowner.com because they're constantly being recommended organically on the show. So instead of trying to compete with restaurantowner.com, I've decided to partner with restaurantowner.com. Right now, when you join Restaurant Unstoppable Network, you get six months access, free access to restaurantowner.com. And that includes their entire content library of PDFs, spreadsheets, checklists, templates, webinars, articles, the list goes on, and you also get access to Restaurant Startup and Growth Magazine, the digital copy. In addition, you get access to their e-training platform, which allows you, plus three of your managers and 30 of your employees to get access to it. Uh, it's it's incredible what they're doing. It's incredible that they're offering us this deal, and you're a knucklehead if you don't take advantage of it. So right now, Go to the show notes of this episode and join the network. You'll find a link to join for 30 days free on us, and you'll get that six months free to restaurantowner.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Seven Shifts. Seven Shifts is a modern labor management platform designed by restaurateurs for restaurateurs, and effective labor management is more important than ever to ensure your profitability and restaurant success. Trusted by over 400 restaurant professionals, Seven Shifts gives you the tools you need to streamline labor operations, communicate with your team, and retain your talent. Best of all, Seven Shifts integrates with the POS and payroll system system you already use and trust like toast turning labor into a competitive advantage for you and your business to get three months absolutely free head over to www.sevenshifts.com slash unstoppable that's the number seven s-h-i-f-t-s dot com slash unstoppable to get three months of industry leading labor management for free get on it who wants to be more efficient and cleaner? Everyone. So streamline your clean faster than ever before with Ecolab Sink and Surface Cleaner Sanitizer. Ecolab's two-in-one Sink and Surface Cleaner Sanitizer is one product that can both clean and sanitize food contact surfaces in front of house, back of house, and the third sink. Like other EPA-registered food contact surface sanitizers, it helps protect against foodborne illness and also kills SARS-CoV-2, the virus that causes COVID-19 in 15 seconds, and norovirus, the flu, and common cold viruses in 30 seconds, helping you reduce risk, simplify your procedures, and help protect your team, your guests, and your reputation with Ecolab Sink and Surface Cleaner Sanitizer. Visit ecolab.com slash unstoppable or talk to your Ecolab representative. I want to make sure, Kyle, thanks for joining us, dude. Um, I want to make sure um, we can get the most out of our time with Kyle because he's a specialist. Uh, I don't know how much time he has to give us. So um, kind of to set the stage for Brandon, uh, yesterday, uh, Sean reached out to Kyle, uh, thanking Kyle for his show because he got a lot of value out of it. 
um, and started telling Kyle about his his situation with his going into a um, the partnership he's about to enter into with his. Uh, we won't mention names just just in case or whatever. Um, long story short, uh, Kyle heard some things from Sean, and he wanted to make sure that he's you know not that he's protecting himself getting into this partnership. So yeah. Do you want to? Do you have any questions, Kyle, for Sean or Sean? Do you want to set the stage? Um, I guess, Kyle, if there's anything that yeah, sorry, yeah, I, 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 I just briefly kind of describe. I, I'm just rereading what you just sent me. Um, blah, 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 blah. Oh yeah, I mean, what? What? Um, actually, what, actually, what, I, I actually am jumping off the call at 11:45 to talk to the owner about the operational agreement and some of the stuff. So it's gonna be pretty helpful. Okay, perfect. So, you know, what really stuck out to me, what jumped out to me was that, you know, you've been doing work without any agreement in place. So, I mean, if you could just give me a quick, you know, two minutes on exactly what's going on there, I can give you my thoughts. Yeah, so uh, basically the restaurant was shut down due to a tornado and then COVID. Um, So it's been not operational. Um, The owner owns a couple other businesses. So obviously there's a distraction of attention. Um, even though he is very interested, he seems like uh, a legitimate owner who was in restaurants for 10 to 15 years. So he understands the business and doesn't expect unrealistic returns. Um, and basically he's actually been pretty open to agreeing to most of the terms that I've asked for. Um, so up until this point, he does need my help to kind of flip this restaurant that he was kind of owner absentee for a while. Um, and because of the tornado, we have the ability to actually flip the restaurant and have insurance money to um, do a kind of a facelift on it. Um, and so I'm coming in and because it's been shut down for a while, I've been doing a lot of the insurance follow-up, uh, putting together operational plans, um, ordering equipment, doing OS&E, uh, reconciliation and eventually ordering. And so I've been kind of doing a lot of the follow-up and, and, uh, paperwork and I'm going to obviously continue on with the normal um, operating type documents and as we move into the actual construction. But right now we're, the, the building is being constructed on, I don't know if that's the right way to put it, but it's the designs have been submitted uh, it's in construction. And like I said, I have a meeting with them after this to kind of discuss the first draft of an operating, or uh, I should say an employment agreement and a terms agreement in terms of like how much percentage I get. And then the actual operating agreement is still in the works. Um, his lawyer works pretty slow, it seems like. But, uh, if, but we've had time because we truly don't even know exactly when to open, but it's been becoming more clear as the economy, at least in Nashville, has been recovering. So, yeah. so I, I imagine that now you're being compensated for your time. Uh, so I, I don't have any money yet. Okay. All right. Um, all right. So, and then the expectation is once this is built, you're going to be doing what for, for the restaurant? You're going to be like the managing partner. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll be the starting GM and the whole goal at this in the, from the very beginning is to basically replace myself and build the systems in order to grow and hopefully leverage the situation of the of COVID and be able to maybe expand to another location, if not more, um, in the next year, years, whatever it takes, you know? Okay. So I think the first thing to do, I mean, to me, all this always comes down to expectations is nail down what exactly he's expecting from you right now um, in writing. 
And, you know, I, depending on, on your relationship or how you want to approach it, uh, I don't know how long you've been putting in time on this, but you could say, hey, you know, I'm up at this point, I haven't been compensated and I'm okay with that. But, you know, effective, you know, soon, because we're going to start to get to the nuts and bolts of this thing, I would like to propose the following for like a pre-construction period and then, you know, have that transfer into you know, the language lead into what that job will be um, and the exact description of what's expected there um, once construction is finished and the doors are open. So um, I think, you know, kind of floating out there now and just kind of helping out is very nice of you. But if you believe in this concept and it's something you want to do, get some compensation down first and then get a draft of the partnership agreement, which is kind of less important right now. Um, but definitely I would get the lawyer cranking on that uh, as soon as possible. Yeah, so I guess the lawyer's been doing it. Um, and that's the hard part is like, obviously I'm, I have another job full-time, you know, that I commit 60 hours a week with. And this is all like on the side that I just do on nights, weekends, whatever. Um, and I guess the, the hard part is we're like, again, the, the timeline is becoming more clear, but it's not, hundred percent clear still just because who knows what the economy is going to do. But you're saying that even if it's still not hundred percent clear, try to still set a date in which compensation would start or at least some form of it. Yeah. I mean, if assuming your salary is, you know, I'm just making it up $80,000 a year as a restaurant manager there. Um, and, but now you're saying it's more like a consultancy thing. I would just figure out what your time is worth worth based on your existing job like now so you're not losing any money. So, you know, figure out what you do on a 60 hour week and your salary and break that down to an hourly rate. Maybe add a little buffer in there for negotiation, like 10% and say, look, um, this is the number I need every month. You know, you don't have to track hours. I don't think, but I would say this is what I need every month. And then, um, See what he says. You got you to be commentator for something. I, I would work forward. into going forward. Yes, absolutely. But also, you said you've been kind of working on the side and almost, in a sense, donating your time. Um, maybe come to like a an agreement with what approximate time you've already given, and maybe get something in writing mm-hmm. as to what they owe you. So there's and and include that in the agreement. So if they don't follow up and pay you what you've already done, you have something in writing saying that the the agreement was that they would pay you. And that you've given these hours approximately to the to date at whatever rate. So get an approximate number written down as to what they owe you up to this point too in that agreement. So not so looking into the future, but also you might as well use this opportunity to get something in writing as far as what, what you've done already. There's um yeah. there's a chance that I could uh there's a chance that I could give like my notice on my other job, my current job within a month. Um do you think it's still necessary given that short of a timeline that I might transition over fully and start making a, uh, like a basically an entire salary? So like I'd basically just start on as a salary and get paid uh, like I would if, if the doors were open. Um, I said, do you think that's still worth it? If, if, it's, if we agree on a time when I'd start that like full time with them. So you're saying basically that you would, say um, just approach him now with the salary like this is what I'm willing to do and then leave your other job at, in short time yeah so I mean it's, it's potentially I mean it's, it's possible that I could leave my current job within four to six weeks um, mm-hmm. 
So I mean, yeah, I mean that that would be clear, right? Like I I need to start this salary now and pick it up from there. I mean, and all of this is so like um, every every deal is different, right? So I would how I mean feel him out and see what he's open minded to. You can present him with the two options, but I, I would you know I think it makes sense to you know, get the compensation squared away and the expectations squared away immediately, especially considering that you've already done some leg work here. Yeah, because I think uh, we've agreed on, like, the salary, and I think that we agree that that would start as soon as I come on full-time, even if that's, you know, before the door is open and start construction. Um, but I don't – but there are things that keep getting pushed out, and I, I don't think it would hurt to say that, you know, at some point there has to be some compensation. Uh, yeah. Again, just trying to find the right word. And in my own, like, obviously insecurity, because I haven't been in this situation before, is that uh, obviously I'm not putting money in, which you mentioned as well as one other factor of mm-hmm. agreement. And so I'm trying to just, like, beforehand prove prove my worth. Because even given a, a decent percentage, within a year, I'll have basically a vested 20%, and then we're going to set a profit mark to get me up to 30% once I hit that new profit mark. And so for somebody who doesn't put any money in, 30% is pretty generous. However, um, he's kind of in, he's kind of backed against the corner as well, because if he doesn't get somebody like me to turn it around, he's in the hole for a lot of money if he has to sell, sell the restaurant. So there's definitely a mutually beneficial uh, relationship. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the best, right? You both feel like you're giving up something to get something. Um, yeah, I mean, my suggestion would be to kind of lead with your value. This is what I've done. Uh, this is what I'll continue to do. Um, and I think we should start the salary immediately based on that. I mean, if, if that's the higher number, I would lead with the higher number. And then if we can get a salary commitment on that rather than some sort of hourly consulting type fee, I, that would be my, my personal opinion. If, you, if he's open-minded to that and you kind of discussed it before, then I would say this is what I would like to lead with. And then you can always back into the hourly rate until you kind of figure out what's going on with your other gig. Well, the first person who took a stab at it, the reimbursement from insurance was $10,000. By the time I followed up with it, it was $114,000. Um, so just in that, I, I earned them about $100,000. So Proving your wealth. Obviously, but that's like the expectation of if you're going to be an owner. But again, just trying to, I guess, prove value. And I think, like I said, I think he knows it. He's, he's expressed gratitude for, and, and, uh, and he's acknowledged the fact that I've been doing work without being compensated. So, um, so I think the appreciation is there, but at the same time, I get you're protecting yourself and not being taken advantage of. Sean, I know you're going to get going in a little bit. Um, do you have any final questions you want to get out before you have to hit the road? I, I have one thought that I think might benefit you, but I want you to share what you, is important to you first. Um, well, I mean, I just had some like, you know, random questions for Kyle, but they weren't, you know, they're, they're more really small questions. Um, around just kind of things that he had in his episode joke, sir, cause you want to ask that question first and then I can kind of follow up with some quick well, fire questions. Afterwards. One of the things, yeah. One of the things that really stood out to me, um, when researching Kyle was his breakdown on break and how you should no no that I can't talk this morning, too much coffee, how you should negotiate equity. Um, and if that came up already and I missed it, I apologize. Did you guys talk about that already? Just now? Yeah. Oh, well, we didn't talk about exact percentage, but. 
So like maybe, I don't know. I was thinking maybe Kyle might be able to help you understand what equity you're worth and what's fair going to into that negotiation. Um, obviously we're only getting your perspective. We're not getting, you know, your partner's perspective on what you're worth, but I don't know. Um, is that going to be part of the negotiation today is equity value? Uh, no, I mean, I think we've already agreed on it. And I think one of my, like one of the partners on my side, it agrees that it's pretty good. And based on, I guess, Kyle's, you know, quick example in, in the episode, it sounds like it is a good value because I'm not putting money forward. Um, and Kyle mentioned you might only get 10, five to 10%, but I'm going to get 20 to 30. So it seems like it's, uh, you know, it's, if it all pans out, it's going to, yeah, it's a decent thing. Is that is that is that sorry? Is that tied to you being an employee there? Like, do you lose the equity if you leave? Um, after after two years, everything is vested. So if I left, I'd still get it. But before okay. two years, there's a clawback clause, which we actually suggested. Me and my partner suggested because uh, he's taking the risk too, because all he knows is our reputation. But um, he's never actually worked with us, so for me specifically. Okay. That's good. I mean, two years is fair. Yeah, two, two years and you're getting paid so that if you leave within a year, you're like, you know, this isn't going to work. I lost faith or I'm moving or whatever the case is. At least you got paid and you didn't lose anything. So I, I think that's a fair, fair deal. Yeah. So I'll be getting salary and I'll have, you know, 20 to 30% and I'll still be getting paid that if based on what we agree on what the payout schedule is. Um, and then if I leave, yeah, then I don't get to keep getting that payout. But I think that's, like you said, I think it's fair if I fail at before two years. I mean, if I was the owner, I wouldn't want to keep paying somebody else out if they didn't last two years. So. I just, you know, make sure you, you understand the financial responsibility on the debt side, too. You know, because you don't want to have to have a capital yeah, call. Or... Yeah, we, we definitely, uh, we do have a, something written down in the letter of intent about in the operating room, which isn't completed yet about uh capital calls and basically because we can lose, we can lose a lot of leverage uh, from him if he decides to do a capital call and we can't afford it or the business can't afford it. But also um, about, uh, uh, he does have a, a significant note out on, on the business and we want to make sure that we aren't liable for what he has, basically his debt. Um, so that hasn't been drafted yeah. yet, but I just want to make sure it's obviously in the in the agreement. Yeah, yeah, everything everything in everything in writing and just yeah, crystal clear on on what's going on there. Because uh, if if you do if you do have to have any kind of responsibility, just yeah, make sure it's clearly outlined so you can refer back to it. Obviously, yeah, we're using we're using David Denny, who's been on the show a few times. Luckily, he has the ability to practice in Tennessee as well as Texas. That's all he does is uh, restaurant and food and beverage law. So I'm, I've been briefed him on some of this stuff and he's pretty confident. I'm going to reach out to him. We'll, we'll at least make it. It's been a while. Uh, but yeah, I guess, I guess my, the quick fire questions I had one um, is uh, you mentioned being able to renegotiate terms on a lease uh, based on the changing surroundings of the area. Um, so there's a big grocery store that's going up that's going to block the view of the city, which is one of the, I think, one of the bigger draws. Um, I think it's going to be good for foot traffic, um, but at the same time, it, you're taking away a view of the city. And the uh, lease was not, I mean, it's not outrageous, but it's definitely not cheap. Um, it is definitely one of the best locations in town. Um, 
I guess what what kind of verbiage? What would you say to a landlord who is somewhat reasonable? You know, they're not horrible, but they're not like bending over um, to get them to concede on a couple, maybe a permanent concession on on the current rent based on a permanent change in the surrounding area. I mean, a uh, permanent change in a negative way. Um, you know, I, I would. You got to make the case on how that's going to impact business and make it a valid point. I mean, he's got to see it. I mean. If you, it would be tough to prove that you're going to lose business of a non, a restaurant that's not open yet. Um, will be his point. He, he could turn around and say, Hey, this, this grocery store is going to bring you more business. Um, but well, if the restaurant was open for 15 years before this, I guess it's like based on, based, based on past traffic. So, okay, so then, yeah, I would say, look, you, this is not the same restaurant of what it is. The rent should not be the same of what it was. Um, our view was, you know, our customers love the view and then we don't have that anymore. Um, so regardless of what it may potentially bring to the center, I think the rent should be, you know, less, you know, go to the bottom end of the market for that, for that number. So if it's, you know, if you're paying, if your offer is, you know, depending on where your offer, offer is or where you sit now with him in the market, I would go to the bottom of the market number and say, this is what we expect to pay. Yes, um, the part was I was really interested around the idea of like branding your packaging and it was just a small point that you mentioned in, in the episode, but um, I couldn't really find it on the Mexico, like any too many examples of the actual branded um, mm-hmm. to go packaging and creating a wild expansion. You open it. Do you just describe like over audio kind of what that looks like? Is it ostentatious? Is it big? Like what, what kind of branding? Cause I haven't seen it and it sounds in hindsight, like a really good idea as long as it's not gaudy and like, uh, yeah, I mean, basically, what what they did was a, uh, and, and we kind of took it from them is just very cool labels that matched our color and were clear and made you know because you you get food home like from a Chinese food place and things are all steamed up or they're in closed containers and well whatever your packaging may look like um, it was just crisp crisp clean you know the font matches the font of your of your brand, the colors match the color of your brand. And, you know, if, if you have like a, a little edge to you, maybe the labels have a little something funny to them. Just the, everything there um, has a, has a, something that clicks in their mind that this is, this is your stuff. And, and it just it makes the experience a little bit more warm and genuine. You know what I mean? There's another great example. You could probably find it. I think we talked about it last time. Um, maybe we didn't. Uh, Chinese China? tuxedo. I already in shared the city. Yeah. <laughs> One step ahead of you, man. He He just shared in the chat. Yeah, it's a Chinese tuxedo. Is uh, it's the same company who does the same branding for Mexico, I think. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong. But they're the ones who are actually actually create the product or create the stickers or the actual Mm, items. uh, No, no. Oh, the companies that create the items. um, I can get you in touch with somebody who does the branding, but uh, no, this is just the restaurant who did did their own kind of branding. Who does the branding? Uh, it's just a, a friend of mine. She she used to be the head of design for Reebok, and now she does. Actually, she's in your neck of the woods. She's in Cape Cod. Um, she does corporate level branding for small to medium sized businesses. Nice. And then you just get it printed on like any generic like sticker. Or is there a distributor that you use? Yeah, she has all like the contacts, and basically, yeah, you just give her your credit card, and she orders everything for you, and we'll set it up on a recurring basis if you like. I'll send it to you, and I'll send you her name on uh, Instagram too. If you like. Cool. Um, awesome. Uh, Brandon, did you want to weigh in 
Um, uh, yeah, um, you got you guys ain't got one of these. Hold on, that's my stomach. Whoa. What are you pulling out? I gotta take it off. I mean, no, I'm not pulling that out. <laughs> the fanny oh, pack. Yeah. The fanny. Look, got it on the back, oh. on the inside. I've been sporting it all day. I just got it in the mail today, and I love on. that. Got the blanket too. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Nice, dude. I dig it. A fanny pack is awesome. Yeah, it is, man. Sorry for showing my stomach. (laughs) (laughs) Even on the inside. Oh, man. Hey, hey, Sean. Uh, Sean, real real quick, man. I'd like to just, you know, just put my two cents in, man, for what it's worth. Um, Nothing. I don't, I'm not, you know, real estate negotiation expert, anything like that, man. But as like an owner, dude, like I'm always looking for people that are willing to like put it in and put it in for free. And like, and, and those are the people in, in my book, man, that win, you know, and that I'm willing to like partner with or, or do something extra with man. So, I mean, yeah. And I think, you know, this dude, but I mean, you know, that's your leverage, bro. And like, if this guy's not willing to like, you know, I, I can't tell you what to do, but I mean, I know if it was me, like if this guy's not willing to like, you know, you go in there with your strengths and he's not willing to like do whatever, man, like, Fuck you, bro. You know, I'll go take my, I'll go take my stuff, you know? So, so I'm just saying that because there's power in what you're doing, man. You know, just, just because yeah. somebody's got the capital, dude, you know, fuck it, dude. Money, money, money ain't shit, dude. You know, money, yeah. money is the least of, least of what I'm trying to do. It's, it's, it's fine people that want to put in 110 dude and hustle and work, man. Yeah. You're a special breed. I'll back that up. Um, so, you know, Yeah. Well, I will say that on the owner, he, he does seem, again, who knows, in 2020, or not hindsight 2020, but uh, he seems reasonable. And he, he's, you know, I've, I've asked for things and he's basically said yes and was accommodated. And, and I've, uh, you know, heard a lot of warnings from Eric and his yes. And he seems like he does not fit the red flag warnings. Um, so I'm optimistic. Uh, cool. It's just, obviously, I think the, the craziness, any acts when you need to act, uh, there's some people land that are procrastinators, but um, yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm optimistic of the situation. And Eric's heard me say this a million times, and it's all just been, been postponed because of the tornado and then COVID and then all this stuff. But I think it'll hopefully all wrap up within the next couple of months. Um, yeah, but hold, hold on, what was what 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 did Kyle? What was Kyle's quote, dude? I, I listened to that podcast later on that yeah. night, dude. It's fucking epic, bro. Awesome podcast, man. One, one one of the few podcasts I've listened to for a while that I I I didn't want to like get out of the vehicle. I like put my earbuds in when I had to get out of the vehicle and I had to finish the finish thing and all at once. Sure, make sure but, you like, subscribe to his his podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely, man. Um, but move, move fast and break shit, man. Fuck the tornado. Fuck COVID, dude. Move fast and break shit, man. Like yeah. like if like if this guy's doing that, fuck that, man. Move fast and break shit. That's what I, dude. Like ever since I heard that, dude. Like, I, like I really been using that, man. It's really inspired me, man. That's awesome, dude. It, it, it gave me permission to break shit. Right. Working through insurance is uh hard to break yeah. insurance companies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I know. Yeah, that's it. Sounds easier than what it is, but I know I know what you're saying, man. But still, I love that quote, too. Right, awesome. Well, I'm going to jump off, but uh, again, luck, thank dude. you so much, Eric and, and Kyle and Brandon. Thank you, Kyle. I appreciate it. Yeah, good luck, man. Yeah, good luck, peace, Sean. There we go. Another episode wrapped up here at Restaurant Unstoppable. Uh, my first ever coffee with Eric, I think that we published on the show. 
And we're having these conversations, guys, twice a week. I'm making myself available. And as more and more people get into the network, uh, the the conversations are only going to get better. And I want you guys to be a part of this. So if you found value in today's conversation and you want to join the conversation and get access to my network, then head over to Restaurant Unstoppable Network. Dot com. It's just like the podcast, but the, with the word network at the end, dot com. Restaurant Unstoppable Network. I cannot wait to meet you. When, you. when you guys sign up for the network, you get a 30-minute one-on-one chat with me where my mission is just to learn as much about you in that time, your business, and how I can best serve you with the network. And I also kind of give you what is I'm calling an orientation, uh, where I'm sharing the core values with you, sharing the vision with you, and kind of just making sure you know how to get around the platform as 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 good as possible so you're getting the most out of it. And then in addition to getting access twice a week to me, to getting your own intro call, you also immediately, once you get signed up from the network, have access to six months free of restaurantowner.com. And a special thanks to Jim Lab for you know striking that deal with me and supporting this mission. Um, just trying to add value. Also, in 2021, you get two months free to carry Luxem HR group, uh, which is her kind of like, I would say it's, it's the restaurant owner.com for HR and you get two months free with those deals right there alone. It's a value of $180. Uh, not to mention uh, I'm negotiating deals with all the consultants that are in my network. If you go to work with them, they're going to, you know, we're going to hook you up. We're going to make sure that restaurant unstoppable is the best deal out there. Um, and, not and I have to put emphasis on this. You get the support of each other uh, and people that have the same core values with you. People that realize that there is strength in numbers and we can go further together. So that's what you get when you join the network. And, and uh, I hope that this inspires you to get out there and join the network and support this mission to inspire, empower, and transform the industry, guys. All right, thanks for sticking around this long. Until next time, peace out and happy freaking new year. Let's crush twenty twenty one. Peace. You know, I just hit stop on the recording and I just thought to myself, I didn't really set them up to get over to Profit First course very well. So I want to make sure you guys know where to find that course. If you head over to restaurantunstoppablenetwork.com and you join the network on the courses tab, there's a the, over time there'll be a list of courses, but right now that's where our only course is uh, and we're there's courses to come. Uh, that's where you find the course. And I cannot wait to get you in there and to help you guys get your money right. And yeah, it's a, it's a game changer. So don't be a knucklehead. All right. Peace.